Welcome to Conscious Conversations, where we aim to inspire deep and meaningful interactions that grow into a community of practice that is committed to healing, resilience, and expansion. We'll be having conversations with spiritual teachers, impact leaders, plant medicine, and holistic health practitioners about spirituality and personal leadership tools and resources and how these can help communities cultivate more harmonious and purposeful lives. I am Mabato Munzi. Join me as we laugh, cry and ponder the meaning of life, the universe and your role in it. In today's conversation, we are speaking to Lerato Gunguluza. Lerato is an entrepreneur, life coach, and social scientist. Born in Port Elizabeth, South Africa, she later moved to Pretoria, where she currently lives with her family. After working for various public and private sector organizations, in 2018, she founded an executive search company, which has since expanded to include leadership coaching. She has also been involved in several business projects, including startup ventures, and is an alumna of the Fortune 500 Vital Voices Business Women Mentoring Program. Good morning, Lerato. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Good morning, Mabato. I'm so happy to be here and I'm very, very well. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, please tell us about yourself. Well, as you said, I grew up in Port Elizabeth. It's now known as Tabeja. I did my primary schooling there. Um, my, my father passed away when I was quite young. I was around four years old. My younger brother was three. And my older brother was turning seven on that specific day um, that he passed on. So we remember that day with, I think, mixed emotions. Um, so we were raised mainly by my mother. When I was around 13 years old in PE, there was a lot of political turmoil around that time. And so she decided to send us all our way to different boarding schools. So... Um, I kept on going to boarding school all the way until I finished university, actually. So it was very interesting. My mother's side, it's an incredibly big family. Every two years, we meet about 300 of us. Wow. So you can imagine um, the type of organizing, facilitating, and everything that has to be done to get 300 people going to one place together. So I've got a big family on that side. I've got two kids. Both of them at university. My daughter is at UCT. She's 20 years old. My son turned 19 yesterday, actually. So I'm quite excited. Um, in terms of education, I did my social science also at UCT, where my daughter's at. Oh, lovely. And, um, and then I did my MBA, Master's in Business Administration, with Mill Park Business School, also in, um, in combination with um, University of West London. I then, after that, I did an HR management, strategic management course with UNISA. After that, I decided to do, um, what is it, a qualification in life coaching and thereafter in facilitation. So that's my brief on that side. In terms of work, as you said, I started an executive search company around 2008, so I do that. I'm a life coach and I'm also a writer. I recently um, wrote my first book, which came out last year, called The Awareness Effect. My hobbies are gym, reading, movies. I like that. Your book, 
the awareness effect. I've read it. Um, it's an incredibly interesting book. Before we get into the book, though, I'm interested to know when you realized that there was more to life. Yes, that's an interesting question. I recall, I think it was about 14 years ago, I started um, more and more just having questions about the universe, about life, about spirituality, and also just about attaining a sense of peace. Um, because I found myself easily rattled by things unclear. Um, and this, this um, learning and, and trying to find more information about this um, was further infused, I think, in me by a book that I read, which was incredible, really, because it was about how we can work with the universal energy field and the laws of the universe to consolidate a more sustained state of joy. Obviously, at this time, this was shocking to me. I hadn't heard about it. And um, and what a journey it has been. It's been so inspiring. I think the last 14 years have been probably the most greatest, incredible time of my life in general. Each day is just so amazing at the moment because I've come to understand this. I think what also happened is that I started getting more interest, Mabato, in terms of... Um, just life in general and diff different philosophies. So this got me to study the Quran and understand that kind of perspective in life. It got me to study the Bhagavad Gita, which is the Hindu Sanskrit. I then, after that, went into looking into Buddhism. I then studied the Bible from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, up until Revelation, just to start looking at what are the common trends, what is the common truth that is out there. And I think, like I said to you, it's just been an amazing journey understanding it. And so I think that's that's what it's been. That's what got me interested. With anyone who knows you, who interacts with you, you remember everything. And you can like literally quote <laughs> verses from these different books. How do you do it? Um, I think, like I said, for me, I've found that there is just is such an incredible path of understanding and getting to know and align what has become clear as truth because it has given me such a sense of peace and such a sustained sense of joy all the time literally sometimes I feel like I'm in paradise because it's given me a very different perspective to the one that was a more fear-based or fear-prone kind of perspective on things um, because you just learn a lot more so it, I just naturally keep it in my head because it's just been so effective. Mm, you talk about fear um, I think a lot of the time people are not aware that we do a lot from that place of fear. What's your take on that? I think because quite a lot of the times it's also in the subconscious and it comes from things that happened from quite a long time ago. And so we believe that it's just our way of thinking or looking at things. Um, like, for example, the fear of the unknown. You know, just always hesitant when it's, you're not clear about what is going to happen or how it's going to happen. Fear of change. Um, fear of rejection and, and fear of failure, for example. And one actually at some point starts believing that it's just who they are instead of seeing it as a, as a fear of some kind of threat that you believe is there. And so you have to find a way of self-preserving 
and protecting yourself from hurt and harm. And so you build up these walls, but then they seem so natural and you stay in them without questioning them. And I think it it sort of becomes a sense of this is just who I am. Mm. And we get so used to the kind of unease um, that it gives us um, without interrogating it too much. Mm. Um, and, and for me, anything that makes you have a sort of an unease um, takes away your sense of joy, your sense of peace, your sense of being complete, your sense of being whole. There is something there because I believe that our natural state of being and our inheritance is peace and joy mm. in general. And that can also rob people from uh, realizing their full potential, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So I think fear has taken away um, many, many dreams possibly that we could have pursued because of some fear, fear of failure or, or, or fear of rejection, fear of whatever it is, anything that we are afraid of and we don't do because we are scared. Um, it definitely stops us from being able to fulfill the potential that we've been given, probably. In your book titled The Awareness Effect, um, you indicate that the beliefs we nurture serve as a foundation for the experiences we produce in our lives. And they are strengthened over the years, affecting how we perceive our reality and respond to the situations we encounter. Please take us through that. Yeah, beliefs, I promise you, the power of beliefs is amazing. We create and recreate our own reality very much so influenced um, by our beliefs. So beliefs are actually, many times they are, they are defined as ideas that we have actually accepted as truth. So for us, it is truth. That's why some people, people believe different things because the ideas that they accept as truth are different. And these beliefs, once we have accepted them as truth, our beliefs produce acceptance of existence. Hmm. So even if something doesn't really exist, or a fear is not really rooted anywhere, but because you believe it, it exists for you. And so this is very important because whether based on truth or fallacy, when we accept it as truth, it exists for us and it guides how we perceive any situation that happens um, in terms of what we see, what we hear, and what we understand. Our perception then affects what we bring into our awareness. Anything that you do not believe is true or you take up as true gets disregarded in terms of coming into our awareness. Only what we have accepted is true that we believe in gets into our awareness. Mm. So there may be something that is clear that is true that is out there, but because we have not taken it up as truth, it will have difficulty. For example, let's say that you... You, you would really love to just be courageous at this moment, but you've told yourself that you are always under threat, you are always under attack. Then that idea of being fearless finds it difficult to find into your own way of thinking because of that, and so you remain always a little bit scared, um, you know. So it, it influences how you perceive and your awareness. And, and when we evaluate the, the, the decisions when we have to make decisions, then they are very much affected by, by what we perceive and what has come into our awareness. Mm. And, and so in that way, it directs where we are going and the experiences that we get to create for ourselves. So because of what we believe, um, our belief system 
this often influences the type of decisions we make, the the values that we hold dear. How does this manifest? How how do our beliefs influence the values that that we hold? Okay, that's a very good question. You and I believe in what we value. So we value it because we believe it is true and we value it because we believe that it is important in our lives. For example, in terms of our quality of life, if we believe that a specific thing, a specific um, principle, a specific possession, a specific relationship, if we truly believe and have accepted as truth that it is important in our lives, whether in terms of giving us a sense of peace, whether it's important because of the joy that we get from it, or that it gives us a sense of wholeness, a sense of fulfillment, whatever we believe it provides, it becomes a value for us. I call it a VIP Mm -hmm. as we make decisions. It becomes valuable. It becomes I important. It becomes a priority. Those are our values. And what we do is that we invest in them because we believe that there is something that they give us in return. We also, however, invest in values that we believe will stop us from getting hurt or getting harmed or getting attacked or threatened. So it's the values that we actually embrace because we believe that they protect us from pain. So there are two kinds of values that I've seen. It's those that we pursue for pleasure or joy or happiness. Mm. And it's those that protect us from pain. So the ones that we pursue are they called the towards value because we go towards them. The ones that we take up in order to protect ourselves from pain are the values that um, um, are because we want to stay away from things that we fear. Mm. And so coming to those two, then they also are sourced from two different values, ones that are based on fear. We take them up because we are scared of something. And so in order to protect ourselves, we protect ourselves with that value and those that we take up as a result of love. And we have to always watch what is the source of this specific value. Mm. And from those two, then also I've seen that there are two key umbrellas in terms of values. And this is all very, very important because each decision that we make is actually based on these values, trying to protect them, trying to sustain them. We get very angry when we feel like our values are threatened because we believe our own lives are threatened. So that's very powerful. Do you do you find that a lot of the time people are aware that they carry these values? Mm. I think many times we're not aware. And many times we're not aware because, like I said, they, they disguise themselves because they are attached to our beliefs. They disguise ourselves as what we are and what we are about. For example, I said the two umbrella values um, as well, it's the extrinsic values and intrinsic values. So our intrinsic values are values, are things that we love because it's what we believe we are. For example, we may say we love honesty, we love truth. 
um, because it represents the truth about who we are. So we don't love it because of what we may be able to get. We love it because it stands for what we are. Those are the intrinsic values. And then you get the intrinsic values. Those, the the extrinsic values are those that um, are externally orientated. So we actually embrace them because they give us an external reward. For example, if I say I love gymming a lot, I love gymming because it gives me a sense of the fact that I'm being healthy. And that's the reason I don't gym for the sake of gymming. Like I'd be honest for the sake of being honest. Mm. I gym because it gives me something in advance. Now, this is very important, Mabato, because what we do is that we hold on to these values whenever we're having discussions or anything like that. When you get irritated or annoyed, you must know it's probably because a value of yours is being, you're feeling like it's being threatened. Mm. And it guards your life. It guards your, your, your sense of what you believe you are. Um, and when you're very, very joyful many times, it's because you feel like it's being accepted or that it's being sustained. And it's, the, it's important to know our values because, firstly, if we're not aware of them, then we start imposing them on other people. Mm. But they are actually based on our beliefs. It's what we have accepted is true. It's not what the other person has accepted is true. And so to actually impose it on another person, it's influencing and it's, it's influencing that person's own path in terms of where they are trying to go. That's the first thing. The second thing is that they also influence us. We find ourselves going happy and then sad, happy and sad, and we don't even understand the reasons. But the values are very important for our emotional state of being. The third one is that the more you embrace specific values, whether they are based on fear or based on love, because they are very strong in terms of the emotional feel that goes with them, they are energy, and the energy vibrates at different frequencies. So the more you embrace values that are fear-based, the more you will be surrounded by fear in your own energy field and in your own circumstances, in your own situation. Over and over again, you'll wonder, but why am I always facing these kinds of situations? Mm. But it's because you've drawn them, because those are the kinds of values that you espouse. So that's why when Gandhi says your values become your destiny, your values become your destiny. So if you don't actually understand your values, you are actually shaping your destiny, but you're not aware of how you are shaping it. Jesus says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So when you're feeling uneasy, unhappy, there your heart is with your values. You have to check what values am I trying to cling to that my heart is so troubled. Mm. Um, And Buddha actually says the root of suffering is attachment. When we attach ourselves to values that are not true about what we are, there's your root of suffering. Mm. So if you ever feel like, oh, am I suffering? Why am I? Check your values. Mm. When you're very excited and happy, check again what is it um, that is contributing like this in your life. So that's how they contribute. I mean, there's a lot of um, conflict between people within families, um, a lot of misunderstanding between colleagues. And this is probably because people share different values, right? Yeah. But 
they have not perhaps uh, gone deep enough to understand that, okay, this is what I value and that this person values that, but we can still coexist um, even though we have different values. Yes. How, how does one navigate that space and how does one get to understand or assess what their values are? Yes. Um, I think it's important for us. I've, I've come to understand that it's very important for us to at least know our top 10 intrinsic values and know our top 10 extrinsic values. I mean, there are many, but if we know them, then we stop ourselves from always imposing them. And, and we also get to understand other people's values as well. The more we talk to them without making or wanting them to act in a way that we would prefer for them to act. I call it making them mini-me's. We can't go around making people mini-me's. They've got their own journey in front of them. They've got their own path. They've got their own areas of development. They've got their own strengths and their own way of doing things. And so if we want to try and turn them around to only value, prioritize, and put as important what we decide then we have to really reevaluate what we mean by caring or loving, giving or being there. Is it so that we can make the minimis or is it supporting them in their parts? Mm, it, it actually made me think of unconditional love. Um, yes. It speaks exactly yeah. um, to, to that, to say even though other people are different, um, to still hold them dear, to still value them as people, um, even when they choose to do different things, even when they value different things. I mean, it's one of the things that I've been working on um, in my personal journey, just being able to accept that other people do things differently because they value different things, mm. but to not also allow it to change me and what I love. So even though the other person might not value let's just say honesty, you know, because they might not be honest with me, I will still maintain being Mm. who I am by being honest. But it's a very difficult thing to do. Um, You don't like the word difficult, (laughs) I know. It only becomes difficult (laughs) if you've decided that it is difficult and if you've come to accept as truth the belief that it is difficult and value the idea of difficulty. But (laughs) what what I'm trying to say is that it requires um, quite a bit of practice to be aware when I'm doing it to say, okay, now I'm expecting a person to value something that I value which changes uh, the dynamics of a relationship quite interestingly, but it also allows one to to feel, I don't want to use the word control, but I feel more grounded in myself when what other people do does not necessarily shift how I change. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, which then makes me... Um, want to ask you how how one can tell when they are not living in alignment with their core values? Mm-hmm. What happens to you? Okay, that's a very good question. Thanks. Um, when we're not living in alignment with our values, we do get um, very uneasy, 
not joyful, not at peace, feeling a little bit quite a lot incomplete and unfulfilled. Um, at times we just find ourselves getting so irritated and, and we snap at, at just, um, you know, the smallest of things because it's already there in the subconscious, um, this internal conflict of you fighting against yourself. Because um, if you're going against your values, you're going against the core of what you truly are mm. and what you prefer and what you believe in. And so we get annoyed and angry quickly at ourselves, at others, at situations, at life. We're just so annoyed and so angry. And we become quite disillusioned and, and hopeless because many times it's, we have a sense of feeling a self-betrayal because you've gone against what is true for you and you're following what other people are doing many times or following what the situation demands of you. And so you feel self-betrayal, feel self-doubt, actually, because you feel like you're not adequate to do what you believe you should be doing. And so it fills you with self-doubt, self-criticism and self-blame. So it leads a lot of time to discouragement and restlessness. So whenever we feel these kinds of emotions, we really have to check which value um, that I really, really would like to uphold am I squashing right now? Because that's what would lead, as Jesus says, where your treasure is there, your heart is also. And Lao Tzu, a Chinese philosopher, says, you know, I love this quote. He says, to a mind that is still the whole universe surrenders. Hmm. So if the whole universe is not surrendering to you and your mind is not still because it's restless and anxious, you have to figure out what is causing that and you have to reevaluate that value and, um, and look at whether you are actually embracing it and fulfilling it. Mm. And that's how you'd be able to see it. Because it's possible for us to be in a consistent state of joy, actually. It's very, very possible. But we must be very aware of what our values are, because also they are very much um, infused into our beliefs. It actually gives us in a more clearer idea of what our beliefs are and whether those need to be interrogated a little bit more as well, you mm. know? But yeah. I like that you say that because I think for me, um, it reminds me that when one is being true to themselves, um, then everything else doesn't matter, you know, because you know your truth and you are always living from that place of truth. And how incredible would it be if that place of truth is inspired by love? Exactly. Because um, it's it's so true what you're saying, because it says that, um, and I know you, you're going to say the quoting, I, I love the scriptures always in First John 4 verse 18, where it says, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. So those are very incompatible. Um, it's either the values are based on fear, which will then give you this sense of unease. When they are based on love and they're authentic to you, like the word you usually like using, authentic, mm. then you find that you can just be in a space of truth and in a space of joy, you know, just like you were saying now. Mm. I want to go back to how as a person who is perhaps looking at this thing of understanding your values for the first time, you're an adult already grown, you 
obviously have got ways of being or doing things that have informed your life. Um, now the unlearning uh, needs to happen so that you investigate what your values are so that you can be a happier person. Uh, that is how I've certainly experienced just understanding myself better and what I value. So how does one then unlearn? How, you know, how, how do you... How do we become more of who we actually want to become, but in a conscious way? I think a lot of the time we go through life on autopilot. Yes. Um, yeah. Reacting to things that happen to us without really understanding who we are at our core. Um, so how how do we go back to unlearning because I think that can also change the nature of our relationships. In fact, uh, one of the things you say in your book is that we have the power to change the course of our lives, right? But we can only do that once we have gone back to look at the patterns um, and to unlearn and and learn new ways of being. Well, we, we know that Many people have shared that we, we are the captains of our ships, um, designers of our own destinies. I mean, Buddha refers to that. Um, designers of our, about, about the values. We are the designers of our own destinies. We are the choreographers um, of our dance, shapers of our lives. We are the creators of our own reality. And at any point in time, we can just choose differently. We can look and consider, is this specific value serving me? Is it taking me to the fulfillment that I desire? Is it bringing me to the joy that I'm looking for? Is it giving me the peace that I want? Is this value doing that for me? If it's not doing it for you, you change. Mm. Fortunately, we have this incredible, invincible, unassailable, beautiful power of choice, which can never be taken away from us. We are beings of choice. And at any point in time, we are choosing every single step of the way. We each decide which beliefs we fortify. We decide which values we keep, which interpretation pattern we encompass. And with each thought and response, we are busy shaping and directing our own course in lives. We are at the helm. And that is the most amazing thing about the life that we've been given. Now, we cannot literally go back and change the past, but we can reframe it. Instead of looking at it bitterly, this is what happened to me, look at it and say again, what can I learn from it? Mm. You know, there is a gentleman that I'm currently working with in P. He amazes me so much. He went through a very challenging time um, a few years ago. He lost also both his wife and his son, I think, in a fire. And he himself has burnt wounds everywhere. And he's busy teaching so many children in the location there about how to play chess, how to do this, how to do that, various activities. And he says, I lost my son, but here I am with so many sons. Oh, wow. So many sons. He's incredible. I mean, just thinking about him can bring me to tears. And so we decide how we frame what has happened. We decide whether to use it as a platform to greatness 
or to sink under it. Every single time we have this opportunity and we just have to really look at what we value and where it's taking us to. Because as you know, I'm very much, I've looked into the laws of the universe um, by, by Hermes, um, Trimaxtus, in, in terms of his um, Greek name. And the sixth law of the universe is about um, the law of cause and effect. We are the cause mm. and the effect is around us in our lives. With each thought that we embrace and each value that we hold on to, we are busy creating and manifesting whatever we're creating into our own reality. And so at any point in time, we have the opportunity to just choose cause if we prefer to revisit um, what we've gone through and what we've chosen, look at whether it's serving us and decide whether we take it forward with us in our journey or we leave it aside, reframe it and change it. Mm. A, a lot of the time when we respond to things, um, we we tend to respond to them based on what we value and not what is actually happening. And that can rob us um, of experiencing life differently. What comes to mind is, I think in one of the quotes, um, you referred to around attachment. When you understand your values, I have found that you are not easily offended. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, that's true. There is that sense of not being attached to how people do things. Mm. Can that not cause disruption or make one come across as if they're cold? Um, you know, because it, it can really change your life if you were to respond to life based on love, yes. right? If your values are, are grounded in, in love and you do not mind what other people value, meaning you don't, what they do or not do does not necessarily cause you to react in a particular way because you understand that they are doing their own thing, you can do your own thing, you just value different things and that's okay. Can that not come across as not caring um, because now you are remaining at a constant sort of like place where you are balanced and where other people's behaviors does not really have a huge impact on you. Can that not come across as being detached and uncaring? You see, when we act from a space of love, because we are beings of um, energy um, around us in, in, in terms of our energy field, the other person can also sense if what you are doing comes from a a place of hostility or it comes from a place of love. Maybe not always consciously, but subconsciously, um, because we have this connection of oneness. The first law of the universe is the law of oneness, that actually, eventually, despite everything, we are one. And um, oftentimes it's also quite good as long as you know the space that you are acting from and not always um, focus too much in terms of 
how it may then come across, but be genuine in who you are, in what you value. Um, I believe that it's possible to do that. And hopefully, if that person then takes it um, in a way that is different, you can then just have a conversation about him and just about it and reassure them that you are not acting in a way that is hostile, you mm. know. And also within, within a universe that is intelligent. So if something needs to come up, it will come up. There is a gentleman called um, David Ian Cohen, and I love his quote because oftentimes we want to control all situations, make sure everyone feels like this and things like that. And he says actually something quite brilliant. He says, Giving up the illusion of control is one of the greatest favors you can do for yourself. Mm. Giving up the illusion of control is one of the greatest favors you can do for yourself. So you do what you do out of the, the, the being genuine and authentic and sticking with your values and give up the illusion that you can control how others see it and just trust the truth in them to be able to pick it up. If they don't pick it up, then trust that the universe will make sure that everything will go out well and stop wanting to be in control. Trust is a big one. Um, and I think it's also uh, very big when it comes to transformation, uh, being able to transform our lives. You know, one needs to be able to trust that process. And if you are always acting from a place of love, you know, if our, our behaviors, our actions are inspired by love, then um, it should be relatively easy to trust uh, the process, right? Yes. Can you just talk about trust, you know, as a personal, as a potential personal value and just really trusting in God, um, in the universe? Yes, yes. I think for me, as a value I've really embraced um, recently is to trust my journey all the way and to embrace the values that serve my path. So confusion, uncertainty, doubt, fear can be very paralyzing sometimes on one's journey and very demotivating. But it's up to us to choose those values. <laughs> we can choose uncertainty. As a value, we can choose doubt and always doubting this, doubting that is a value mm. that you have chosen. It's a way of seeing. It's, it's what you've prioritized to doubt um, or to be confused or to, to follow fear. And, and it is a, a daunting one. You can also choose to value trust. That is up to us as well. We can trust our journey, trust ourselves trust in oneness and trust in a higher being unless you believe obviously that you created yourself that's another um, that's another different um, journey but if we believe and accept as true that acceptance is truth again accept as true the idea that we are created beings created by a creator now we can choose again do I believe that this creator is not trustworthy, not reliable, not dependable, not loving? Because if we choose to value that, then what happens is that the consequences of that come through. Then in our emotions, we feel worry, 
We feel anxiety, we feel stress because we do not believe that this creator is capable. Mm. And we've decided to value not trusting that creator. However, if we believe that the creator is trustworthy, is reliable, is dependable and loving, then it infuses in us a sense of trust. We trust that he knows what he's doing. There's a reason that he created us. And if we trust that he's loving, then there's no need to worry, no need for anxiety, no need for stress at all, because we trust he is capable. Mm. And that's also what we choose and what we decide to believe and what we decide to believe becomes true for us. And when it's true for us, then we can also value it in our lives. We know that there's actually no reason to worry. I trust my path. I trust that everything will work out well. And, and so all of these are choices that we make that we also, um, in terms of our values, it becomes very clear whether we value worry, anxiety, and stress because we do not trust in the God who is a creator, or we value serenity, we value peace, we value joy, and we know that the creator has got it all sorted out. It's, um, it depends on what we value and what we believe as well. Mm. I love what you have highlighted around um, uncertainty, confusion. I mean, we are living in unprecedented times right now when the economy is doing so horribly, so many families under um, a lot of pressure. And I think trust is a big thing. We've seen the rate of suicide just going up. What do you suggest for a person who has not thought of life in this way to say, if I trust God, number one, I will know that I'm not in control. You know, so how how would you frame it? What are the key things you would say to a person who is new to the word trust as a state of being? Uh, because we live in a society where untrustworthiness has been such a big thing. People's experiences have been that of untrustworthiness in different areas. I mean, uh, parents or fathers abusing their children. Mm. You know, one would not think that your father would do something like that to you, but it happens. Mm. This is a person that one could trust with their life or think that you can trust with their life. So trust has been broken a lot in our society. Mm. Um, How do we go back to strengthening that trust? And I truly believe it it starts with our trust in God. Mm. I think you said something Earlier, Mabato, you said that you've decided that if a person acts in a specific way, you can still hold on to your value. You do not have to act in a way that another person acts, you know, and I think this is where it comes from. Do we then act in a way that is trustworthy because others act in a way that is not trustworthy? Or do we remain solid, clear, in terms of the value that we have chosen, you know? Because I remember reading a scripture 
which was very interesting to me, you know, and I actually recognized it for the first time about two weeks ago, that it speaks about building a foundation on sand or on rock. But what I found interesting about it, it says for both of those people, it says the rains came for both of them. It says the streams rose for both of them. It says the wind blew for both of them. However, the only difference is how they responded and whether the foundation came crashing down because it was built on sand or whether it stood because it was actually built on rock. And so which means that situations in life happen all the time. Some of them are very inspiring. Some of them are very daunting. But it is the foundation. Whether your values then, they, do they just disappear because of what has happened? Because they were sand. Hmm. Or do you stand strong and say, despite what has happened, I will trust that I can use this specific situation for the good of others in future. Just like I've said about the gentleman who lost his family in a fire and was himself burnt. But he has taken that experience and he has used it to better others. Now, that is standing on rock. Because despite what was done to him and how he was treated, he still stood strong, believing in love and trusting that things can still continue to happen in a way that brings harmony and joy. Mm. And so that's what's important about values. When they keep on chopping and changing and you say, I'm loving, but then when a person acts or treats you in a way that is not loving, you all of a sudden change now and become resentful and vengeful. What is actually your value? What is it? Does it get chopped and changed according to how situations happen? or according to how people treat you, what are you really? And what are your values really? And I think that is the key question actually about it. That's very tough. Um, <laughs> that is very, very tough. In situations, sometimes it goes to control or wanting to act a specific way so that people can treat you a specific way or situations can work out a specific way. In the Bhagavad Gita, which is the Hindu Sanskrit, I mean, I keep it next to me all the time because the wisdom that comes from that book is amazing. And it says that your authority is in action alone and never its fruit. Mm. I'll focus on the fruit and what happens because I did this and this. Do you take your values of love, take your values of trust and go with them? Now, how other people respond will respond according to what they are and what they believe about themselves. But that should not shake you from what you believe you are. Your authority is in action alone and never its fruit. Mm. Let what they do be taken care of in their own environment whilst not changing what you are and who you are and the values that you've decided to uphold. That requires quite a bit of resoluteness Awareness, and yes. um, <laughs> mental resilience. Um, and um, I mean, in your book, you write a lot about the mind and the power of the mind. But when you do not come from 
a, a background where you have invested time in getting to know yourself and what you value and being grounded in God's love, his wonderful love, things can get shaky. So how important is the mind in all of this? It's very important because the mind is a device for decision making. So it's actually quite critical as part of the beliefs that you accept because it's part of the decisions that you make. You make a decision that this is what I believe is true for me. So it influences the values that you espouse and it influences the thoughts that you take up. And many times people have said your thoughts are creative. The mind is always creating because it's working with your thoughts at any point in time, looking at how to make sure that they manifest into your reality. So the mind, we have to be very aware of what thoughts we are actually taking up in our minds because once we take them up, once we keep them, then they actually assist with the reality that we are having in our lives. So we, I know for myself, for example, Mabato, as soon as I start feeling a little bit uneasy, a little bit unhappy, I feel it immediately. And then I ask myself, which thought did I just allow into my mind right now? I look for it, I get it, and I take it out. Mm. It's my mind. It's been given to me as a gift by God to use in creating. And I cannot allow thoughts that are not aligned with what I am and what my creator is to come and find room in my mind. And so as soon as that happens, I know it. I look for the thought, I get it, take it out and immediately replace it with another thought. Because Jesus does say in Matthew 12 verse 43 that they go around looking for a place to stay. And when they don't find a place, they come back to your mind and they bring others seven times more powerful than themselves Mm. and they settle in your mind. (laughs) And so we really have to check Immediately when we start getting and feeling uneasy, having a little bit of lack of joy, feeling a little depressed, a little bit down, which thought just entered my mind right now? Because our thoughts um, are in a mental mental state. Mental state goes to the emotional state. Mm. Emotional state then influences our feelings. And so we feel it immediately when there's a thought that that's not aligned with what you are. That requires one to be quite present, doesn't yes. it? Yes, <laughs> you have to be very present. But I mean, immediately, I think, Mabato, you would feel it when you're starting to feel a little bit not as joyful or not as happy. And so mm-hmm. all you need to do is just to look for the thought that um, caused that, which, which one just came in. And the more you practice, like guitar, it's like piano, it's like being a soccer player, rugby player, a ballerina, <laughs> You, you, it requires some practice, but mm. once you've practiced enough, it, it becomes second nature. Mm. You're just automatically quite aware of what you are entertaining in your mind. Your mind is very powerful and you create with it. So you have to be aware of what thoughts you are using as you create. Which then, I think then what we consume becomes very important, isn't it? Yes. You mean in terms of your mind, what you consume yes. with your mind, definitely. So what we watch, what we listen to, the type of thoughts we, we we even entertain yes um it's very critical to being able to be alert 
to the thought patterns. Yes, and it also goes a lot with your values because once you value worry, you know that the cousins will come. Anxiety, <laughs> stress, regret, depression, and all of them. They will come and follow because they, they vibrate in the same energy um, frequency. And so they follow each other. So once you know your values, then you more or less have an idea what kind of thoughts will mm. be coming through and what you will be manifesting when you become aware of it and mm. you train yourself to be aware. And when you are aware, you get to consciously create. I like that. I like that because um, I think there's a, there's a saying that says, whether you are the master of your mind or the mind is, is your master and deciding on what we choose to create, isn't it? Yes, exactly. I think it's a quote that says that um, the mind can be a cruel master but a beautiful servant. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So we, we, we have to, uh, you know, our minds, what I love with our minds is that they are allies to us. They, they don't instruct us what we must think. They go with whatever we've decided to think and they help us manifest it. So we, we have to decide what we think and choose. It's very powerful, very empowering once we start thinking about the mind in that way. So what are the tools you would recommend for anyone who's trying to figure out this mind thing, um, you know, and just have a, a clearer sense of what their values are? Um, we come across people who want to create things, who have got goals, but they are not able to manifest them. Um, and they say, I don't know why I'm not doing this. This is what I'd love to do, but I don't know how to do it, how to get there. Mm. As, as I said, that um, you know, your, your emotional state is really incredible in terms of showing you what you are valuing because when you are very, very happy, at peace, content, it becomes clear. When you get angry, irritated, annoyed, um, it becomes clear. So emotionally, when you're feeling threatened, you need to figure out why am I feeling so threatened? Why am I so angry? Why am I so annoyed? Why has this thrown me out? Why am I being so fearful? Um, why do I feel so guilty? Um, why do I feel... So why am I blaming myself so much for this and that? And then you will see what it is that you have decided is important to you that you believe is being threatened. And if you believe that it's being threatened, nothing real in you can be threatened. Beyonce says that oh, nothing real it? can be threatened. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing in, that is real about you can actually be threatened. So it means that your loyalty has gone to a value that is not true about what you are. And so you have to look at it and um, and see it for what it is. And, and that will allow you to be able to then start mapping your way forward regarding that value, whether you keep it or whether you let it go and let it re be replaced by a different value that serves you in terms of where you are trying to go. And it's the same thing as well with values that actually um, give you a sense of contentment, joy and fulfillment as well. In terms of you were asking about the tools, that is one of the most critical tools just to emotionally be aware of what you are feeling and what is, um, what is leading you to that. For me, I think the main one is also what I share about in the book as well. It's just looking at my beliefs, 
values, my interpretation patterns, as well as the thoughts um, that I allow into my mind and just being very aware and alert about them. And I think the last one as well is just, um, I'm just trying to think um, about how to phrase this one. Many times it's also reflected in terms of our words. When someone says, oh, I'm so worried, or I'm so stressed, or you know this is difficult or whatever, those kinds of words, they start sticking out now and then. And those kinds of words are from your values. Because Jesus said, like we said, where your treasure is there, your heart is also. And then there's also a, a place where it says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Hmm. So when you hear yourself saying something that is not aligned with the reality that you would like to create in your life, there is a value attached to it in your heart. And there is a thought attached to it and there's a belief attached to it. So instead of starting from the, from the source itself, which is the belief, you can actually start from what your words are saying, the things that you keep on uttering. And from there as well, you can see, okay, let me change this word. Hopefully then it will change the heart and it will change the thought and it will change the belief as well. So you can also take it from that direction and start watching the kinds of words that you are saying if they're not aligned with what you're trying to do and where you're trying to go to. And you must know that your words, although you may say something to someone, let's say you say something hateful, it does not go to that person. It's your creation. It stays with you in your energy field <laughs> and it calls others like themselves into your own energy field. And if so, if you say, I, I, I don't like you, I hate you, or you're useless, or you're so weak, whatever you must say, that word is your creation. It will stay manifesting weakness around you. Mm. Um, you know, so it's in terms of watching your beliefs and your thoughts and watching your words. Um, your words as well as well as your emotional state. I think those would be um, some of the tools. What you're saying is very powerful around how once you start entertaining worry, then anxiety comes, then guilt yes. comes, then, you know, um, one of the guests I've had on the show was saying that these are the spirits that we're fighting. Exactly, yes. And, and I don't think we ever think of these things in that context. We often think that evil is something external, out there, mm. you know. Um, so that brings it home quite a bit. And it just really supports the fact that we are masters of our own creation. Um, that often has sounded like very elusive, something yes. that's very far but once you start understanding just how much power we've been blessed with, it's mm. actually amazing it's and amazing. so empowering. Yeah, we've got incredible power. And at any point in time, we are busy creating um, and making. So we create our own reality and we can make up our own illusions and we can get rid of them as soon as we withdraw our beliefs and valuing them so much we can just um, let them go as well. So, yeah, we are powerful creators. I mean, we are in the image of a creator, an amazing creator. Mm. So, obviously, we, are, we have that as well. We are creative beings. Thank you so much, Lorato, for chatting Thank you so with much. me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mabatula. Thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed my time with you. 
Thank you for sharing your time with us today. I truly hope you learned something new, felt something, and were inspired to cultivate a more conscious life. I'd love to connect with you, hear your thoughts and stories. Please feel free to reach out. Our contact details can be found on monzim.co.za. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.